0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Do you have a lifestyle of consistently thanking your Heavenly Father for all the blessings in your life? Do you thank Him for the people in your life, particularly those who are doing the work of Jesus Christ? Do you remember to pray for those people that you're in relationship with, that they might live for Jesus and serve Jesus more effectively? Let's open now to Philemon 1 and see what the Lord has for us in this incredible book. Good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. And today we are going to discuss Philemon, uh, one of the smallest books in the Bible. It's one chapter. And today we're going to do verses one through seven. It may be a two or even three part series. I expect two, but it could go to three. So. We're going to go ahead and pray, and then I'll read it, and then we will get right into it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our life. Father, we thank you for just all the the incredible blessings you've given us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We thank you for feeding us in the living word of God. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Philemon 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. There is only one chapter, so really it's Philemon 1 through 7. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Apphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. As usual, Paul announces himself in verse 1, but he he announces himself here as Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy. And, you, you know, you see the humility here where Paul includes Timothy and he doesn't say my son. He's called him his son in other places, but here he calls him a brother. And so uh, perhaps Timothy's getting older here. Um, he's getting more mature. And Paul, who is clearly a spiritual father to Timothy, just includes this in him. And there's, there's something for us, uh, particularly as ministers and leaders in the body of Christ and the church. Do we, have, do we have a humility? Do we, do we include You know our brothers and sisters in christ and and do we treat them as equals you know certainly we we do have leadership positions we have spiritual fathers but you can just see a a true humility in paul here in referring to timothy as a brother now timothy is certainly a spiritual son so again there's a lesson in there for that uh, a humbling lesson that we shouldn't you know we shouldn't carry ourselves even if we have positions of of leadership or high positions of leadership we still ought to be inclusive of our brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that we're all equals. Um, we may have different gifts, we may have different positions, but all of us are equal in Jesus Christ our Lord. We are all sinful men and women that need a Savior, and Jesus Christ is our only hope. But look at that first phrase, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I've said this before, Paul is writing this you know, from, uh, from jail. You know, and it's it's got to be pretty miserable. It's got to be pretty difficult. And yet still, he's doing the work of Christ. Okay, so at, at, a, at a very, very difficult time in his life, his mind is on advancing the kingdom of God. His mind is on advancing the gospel of God. Here, he's thinking about this man, Onesimus, who was a a, a runaway slave that belonged to Philemon, And he's going to exhort in the rest of the letter that we didn't read. He's going to strongly exhort Philemon to receive Onesimus back no longer as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. Paul led Onesimus to faith in Jesus Christ. Onesimus got genuinely saved. He received Jesus as his savior and he was serving Paul while he was in prison. But now Paul is sending him back to Philemon and and he expects uh, Philemon to forgive him and receive him again, as a brother in Christ and not view him as a, as a slave any longer. So again, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Paul wrote almost half the New Testament, uh, 13 letters of the 27, and a good portion of that he wrote out of prison. And so again, when we're in difficult circumstances, it is often very difficult for us to do work in the kingdom of God. Um, regrettably, for most Christians, Most folks in church do very little in the kingdom of God either way, right? But particularly when you're in difficult circumstances, it's hard not to be caught up in those circumstances. It's hard not to feel, you know, beaten up or beaten down or just miserable. And yet Paul is consistently looking to do the work of Jesus Christ, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, even in prison. So I'll ask you, you know, how well do you do when you're in prison? A metaphorical prison, whatever it is. It could be a financial prison, could be an emotional prison, could be a relational prison, right? It could say, you know, Scott, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, right? Gwenda, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now, maybe everything in your life is just going exceptionally, right? Tom, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Um, Jordan, Caleb, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. What are the areas of your life that that just that you're struggling with or you're a prisoner in, and it's it's in those times you want to really work to see the ways that you can be advancing the cause of Jesus Christ, helping others grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, giving to the kingdom of God not only your money but your time and your energy, helping others to know Jesus and to love him more. And Paul does this consistently from the time he saved till the time the Lord takes him home. Verse two to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker; to Athia, our sister; to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. It's quite a greeting. It's uh, this is a pretty good household, Jason. Right? Is this? Uh, is this how Paul would address? the Ross household? Would he say to Jason, our dear friend and, and fellow worker, to Molly, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier in the church that meets in your home? Is that what he, he would say to you, Jason? To Jason, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home? I mean, that's quite a greeting. This is a family that's that's living for Christ. And we're going to see that just here in these next few verses on really the work that they're doing. But What is this term? Philemon is a fellow worker, quite probably a minister of some sort, a pastor of some sort, doing the work of the gospel, not just in a common way, but in an exceptional way. So he's a minister in Christ. Now, as a side note, all Christians are called to be ministers. Every Christian should be a minister in one way or the other. All of us have a ministry. All of us are called to be advancing the kingdom of God. So you should put your name in there, okay? You know, that should be us. That should say to Stephen, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Tom, our fellow soldier, Jose, our fellow soldier, Jesse, our fellow soldier. What is a soldier? Why does he call Archippus a soldier? A soldier is someone who does his duty when it's easy and when it's hard. You know, he's always ready to serve his commanding officer. And this is Christ. Are we soldiers for Christ? Are we soldiering up and doing our duty in the armies of heaven? It's our duty to serve Jesus, to be slaves of Jesus, to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. So when you look at these verses, for most of us, we, we, we candidly don't soldier very well, right? Caleb, sometimes we, uh, we, we fall a little bit short. So uh, again, these are all areas of repentance for us. If the Lord shows you that, you know what I' I don't think I'm a great soldier, you rejoice because the Lord has showed you that, and you get to repent. You don't rejoice that you're not a great soldier. You rejoice that you know the Lord has given you insight, the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and that you get to repent and work harder, right? Now again, I say this almost every podcast. Nothing we do saves us. Nothing we do can save us or will save us. Nothing you can do helps save you. You're saved completely and totally by what Jesus has done on your behalf and in your place at the cross. You're saved by trusting Jesus Christ, by putting your full faith and confidence in him, calling on him, saying, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, save me from my sin and bring me to heaven when I die. You're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And that moves us into verse three. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I was uh, I was studying before this podcast and, uh, and Kingdom Discipleship just did a uh, a men's retreat where we went out and the leadership went out to a uh, to a nice cabin out in Oklahoma and we had a good time and, um, you know, we had incredible fellowship. We did Bible study every day. We talked about the kingdom of God and. Um, and we went through this letter of Philemon and we really broke it down and the guys had some really good insights. And it was just an incredible time of uh, of just introspection for us as uh, as men and as a ministry and just seeing the areas where, where we can improve and uh, encouraging one another. And so I, uh, I love you guys, and it was just a, a good time, all of us. And uh, it was a productive time. Uh, really, everyone enjoyed it. And, um, and this verse 3, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What I was getting at is when I was studying today, I was looking at one, at one commentator who made the point um it was actually Matthew Henry and he had said it was a great point you know you notice that paul exhorts them with spiritual blessings right grace and peace to you from god our father uh, he doesn't say he doesn't say a big house to you a big bank account to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ he doesn't say an incredible job to you he doesn't say material and physical blessings to you the greatest blessings are spiritual blessings right money cannot buy grace and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ however generally even as christians we we far more adamantly pursue physical blessings more than we do spiritual blessings where it's the spiritual blessings that are by far the greatest, right? Just think about it. I mean, how much? God's grace, grace has, has two functions. Grace is unmerited favor from your father, and it's also God's empowerment. When God gives you grace, it's to, it's to help you walk out the call of God on your life and to do what he's called you to do moment by moment, day by day. You need grace for all of it. Um, we not only need God's grace to be saved. Again, grace means that you didn't earn it at all. You're saved, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. Not of yourselves, not of works. The gift of God, so that no one can boast. Grace to you. Uh, God our Father has given us Incredible grace, beginning at salvation in Jesus Christ our Lord. We didn't earn our salvation. We cannot earn it by anything we do. We earn it only by what Christ has done. If you could earn your salvation, if you could do good to get your salvation, then Jesus would have died in vain. You understand? We wouldn't, we wouldn't need Jesus if we could do good and be saved. right? We, we are in desperate need of a Savior because... All of our good that we've ever done will never take away our sin. We need to be saved from our sin and that can can only happen in Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus are we saved from our sin and is our sin forgiven, past, present, and future. Golly, thank you Lord Jesus. Grace to you and peace. Peace is the result of grace. When you've received God's grace in Jesus Christ, you have peace with God. Until you become a Christian, uh, the Bible actually teaches you're at odds. You're at enmity with God, that you guys are on, uh, are on opposite sides. Before someone becomes a Christian, you're actually butting heads with the living God. You are contrary to the living God. And that's a tenuous position. You know what I mean? To, to, to be at odds, Jason. To be just in complete disagreement with the God of the universe over your life, it is an issue, right? It's an immense issue. When you come into faith in Jesus Christ, as the Bible tells us clearly, by God's grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone, you now are at peace with God. God the Father has become your Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ has become your Savior, your Lord, your Master, your King, your Friend. The Holy Spirit has become your Guide and Comforter. And you have peace now because you've settled the matter. Your sins have been forgiven and you and God are on the same page in Jesus Christ. Now, for the rest of your life, you spend your life studying the Word of God and living out the Word of God in every manner, in every way, better and better and better and better because you love Him, because you want to know Him better. Again, living the Word of God doesn't help save you, but as a Christian, we want to continue to live out the Word of God, becoming more and more like Jesus, repenting when we fall short so that we can deepen our relationship with Him, so that we can understand the different aspects of our relationship, and we're going to get into that here in a couple of verses thank you lord jesus again it's the spiritual blessings that we want to pursue with all of our heart father we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your peace father i do pray for us one and all that in every aspect of our lives we would continue to experience more of your grace and more of your peace in every aspect of our lives father be it spiritually physically emotionally financially or relationally Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Um, When I I read this, I just look at a a devotion in Paul. I look at a maturity in Paul. Uh, The Apostle Paul is, is undoubtedly the most mature, devoted Christian to ever walk the earth. Jesus was God, he was Christ, he you know, He is Christ. The Apostle Paul was a human man and undoubtedly the most devoted human to Christ there has ever been. Paul is the only man in the Bible that the Bible tells us to clearly emulate him. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In Philippians 4 verse nine, he actually says, whatever you have seen in me, whatever you've heard from me, whatever you've received from me, right? Or whatever you've seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Whatever you've received from me. I mean, think about that. It takes just a certain, uh, I mean, (laughs) you better be pretty sure about your act. If you're going to say to the entire world, listen, Whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've heard from me, whatever you've received from me, put it into practice. I mean, and then he goes on to say, and the God of peace will be with you, even as he was with Paul. And so the scripture actually lays out the Apostle Paul as our example. And so he says I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Number one, do you have a lifestyle of always thanking God, always thanking your heavenly father, always thanking Jesus, thanking the Holy Spirit? But here, do you have a lifestyle of thanking your father in heaven, thanking Jesus, thanking the Holy Spirit for others? And are you always thanking God as you remember others in your prayers? Look at this verse, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Do you have a lifestyle, a daily lifestyle of remembering, seriously, of remembering your brothers and sisters in Christ and remembering the work that they're doing? And do you have, are you thankful to the Lord for that? Are you thankful to Jesus for the people in your circle, in your sphere that are doing the work of the kingdom of God, Jason. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Are you thankful when you hear about a brother or sister's faith in the Lord Jesus, Molly? Are you thankful when when it's not only that you hear about their faith, but you hear about, about how much they love God's people. What, is that, what does he mean here? He says he has so much thanks to God because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. And he hears about Philemon's love for all the saints. Biblically, a saint is anyone who has received Jesus Christ as Lord. And... If you've asked Jesus into your heart and to be the Lord of your life, you are a saint. Now, I know in the Catholic Church, Scott, you know, the word saint is used for the super Christians we have in the Bible, right? But actually, the, the actual meaning of this word saint, when he says to Philemon, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, He's talking about all of God's people, all of those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's not saying here that Philemon only has love for the super Christians or for the popes. And so, you know, there's a little historical understanding there for you. So we know what a saint is. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers again. Let's today begin to have a lifestyle of thanksgiving and remembrance for those in our lives, for those in our circles who are doing the work of the kingdom of God, who are increasingly advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's let's be thankful for them, right? And, and in your own life, just begin to have a lifestyle of always thanking God, always thanking your heavenly Father, always thanking Jesus. I always thank my God. Are you always thanking God? Are you always thanking the Lord Jesus and remembering him. And and again, do you does your heart well up in thanksgiving as you remember? Sometimes you have to be deliberate in remembering the work that others are doing in the kingdom of God and taking time to remember them. And do you have a lifestyle of remembering others in your prayers? We ought to be consistently in intercession on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ. All of those in your circle and that you know, and could this be said of you? Could this be said I always thank my God because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints? Do you have a lifestyle of love for, for just the Christians around you? Do people, do people recognize you as someone who just has a love for God's people because you're consistently serving them? It was a serious question. I mean, I mean, I could use a little work. Father, I ask you to help us to begin to more and more walk out a lifestyle of not only having faith in the Lord Jesus, but showing our love to the body of Christ and those that, that belong to Jesus Christ. Father, I ask you to help us. I ask you to help us to have a lifestyle of remembering our brothers and sisters in Christ in our prayers. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus. That's that's what I want to hear about all y'all. I just, and, and the fact that, you know, Philemon is walking with Jesus and loving God's people so much that people have to tell Paul about it, right? That That's a place where we want to go, right? Where Where when someone talks about you, they can't help but talk about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, because that's all you talk about. All the lady talks about is her faith in the Lord Jesus. And all I see that lady doing is loving God's people lens. May, that's all I could hear. Kayla, that's all I can hear is about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. Is that how it is, ladies? Fellas, is that is that the case of your life? If I asked all the people that know you, would they say, you know, I don't know. Because all that Jason talks about is that faith in the Lord Jesus and his love for all the saints. We probably got some room for improvement, don't we? Hmm, I do. Let's be like Philemon. Golly. I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. My goodness. Verse six. We're almost done. This is this is an overwhelming principle listen to this, verse six, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Paul said that the more active you are in sharing your faith, how often do you talk about Jesus? How often do you encourage other in Jesus? First of all, are you active in sharing your faith and building up your fellow Christians in the faith, building up your family in the faith, build, building up your parents in the faith, building up your kids in the faith, building up, uh, you know, actively sharing your faith and talking about Jesus in your own house, actively talking about Jesus in the workplace, actively talking about Jesus with your, with your friends and colleagues in social situations. Paul said, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Do you pray do you pray for others that they would be better and more active in talking about Jesus? Is that one of the prayers you do? I I could do a better job. I need to start. Father, I ask you to help us as Christians to, number one, be more active in sharing our faith. And Lord, help us to pray that we would be more active and to intercede for others to be more active in just talking about Jesus. And certainly this would apply to sharing your faith with unbelievers, right? Are you active in talking about Jesus with those who don't know him, that they might come to know him. Active with sharing your faith with those who do know him, that they would be encouraged in their faith in Jesus Christ. There's really nothing better in this world. There's nothing more important in this world. Nothing. Not being a parent, not being, um, you know, there's nothing you do that's more important than being active in sharing your faith in Jesus Christ. More and more and more and more and more. It's, it's obviously the foundational principle to living in Christ. Is to be active in thinking about him. And active in talking about him. And active in living for him. Right? And we want to do them all. And if in some of those we don't do as well. In some of these areas we have, we have some sin problems. Then we repent. Right? Thank you Lord Jesus. But look, at what, look what he says comes of this. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. The more active you are in talking about Jesus and sharing Jesus and encouraging others in Jesus and building other people up in Jesus, the more, the more you'll, you'll understand about Jesus so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ, the depths Of your relationship with Christ are unlimited. You'll never, you'll spend all eternity just continuing to see the depth of Jesus. Think about that. You will never, ever completely know Jesus. You'll live this life. Hopefully, you'll grow to know Jesus to the fullest. Then you'll go on in eternity and, uh, after after 10,000 years, I remember my brother Pete used to tell me this when I was a new Christian 20 years ago. After 10,000 years, Jesus is going to say, hey, hey, John, come on over here. Did I ever show you this? And he's going to pull back the curtain and you're going to go, whoa. And uh, <laughs> is there anything better than getting a full understanding? Man, um, Father, just, just help us because, man, we want to have a full understanding of every good thing we have. In Christ. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Help us, Father, to be active in just talking about Jesus, Lord, so that we might know you better and understand you more. Verse 7 Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Your love, what gives you great joy and encouragement? I have to confess. That oftentimes, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a Texan down here. I've been a Cowboy fan my whole life. And sometimes it's the Dallas Cowboys that give me great joy and encouragement when they win. Okay? They don't when they lose. Your love has given me great joy. What gives you great joy and encouragement? Is it your work? Is it your hobbies? Is it... uh? Is it a television show that you like? Is it following people on Facebook or Instagram? What gives you great joy and encouragement? When you see brothers and sisters in Christ really doing the work of the Lord and loving other Christians, when you see ministers that truly give their lives for the gospel when you see just people serving Jesus and loving Jesus and loving God's people, that ought to give you great joy and encouragement. Your love has given me great, not just joy, great joy and encouragement. Father, help us to have eyes that see where people are truly loving you and walking with you and serving you. And I pray that that would be the source of our joy. Father, our joy is in Jesus, in loving Jesus, and seeing others love Jesus, and like Philemon, in seeing people serve Jesus by loving his people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Again, you want to have a, a lifestyle of refreshing God's people. You can encourage them with a word, you can bless them uh, with a meal, just when you, j- just every day. Look for a, look for a way to refresh the hearts of the saints. Look for a way to build up the church. Look for a way to encourage those around you. Paul is just just excited about Philemon because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Could that be said of you today? Would it be said of you that you just have this consistent lifestyle of refreshing the hearts of the saints? Was that you, Caleb? Mm. Is that you, Martin? Is that you, May? Mm. Because you, my sister, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. Father, we thank you just uh, for Philemon, Lord. We just thank you for the the zealous and loving Christian man that this man was, the, the Apostle Paul. Um, our great father in the faith would write such things about him. And we ask you to help us, Father, to, uh, to live our lives, even as Paul commended Philemon in these verses. Holy Spirit, we love you and we bless you. We ask you to lead us and guide us. We thank you for the word of God. And we just ask you to help us to live it out and to repent where we fall short, Lord, knowing that you love us unconditionally. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.